Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And uh, we just spent an Eck family weekend in New Orleans with our bestie to the point of being our brother, Clint. Hi, Clint. He's also a listener. And the thing I learned is that uh, we didn't really drink this weekend because it was our family. It was a family weekend with my nephew, Sadie's sons. And the thing that I learned is that you can spend two days drinking in New Orleans and come home and feel like a sack of wet washcloths, or you can spend two days with children in New Orleans and come home and feel exactly the same way. So it was amazing. It was a a magical, life-changing weekend. We can talk more about it at the end because we keep our banter to the back. But if uh, we stumble or are a little wet washclothy, that's why. Mm -hmm. Bear with us. So in the meantime, I'm going to try to hold it together while Sadie tells the story of who? Who are we talking about tonight? Eck? This is the mysterious deaths of Arnold Archambault and Ruby Bruyere. Nice names. Yeah. On Friday night, December 11th, 1992, in Lake Andes, South Dakota, 20-year-old Arnold Archambault and 19-year-old Ruby Bruyere decided to take a night for themselves and let loose a little. The young couple had just recently given birth to their daughter and were both busy with raising her while also holding down their jobs to support their new family. Ruby's uncle had agreed to watch their baby, so they dropped her off at his house and invited Ruby's cousin, 17-year-old Tracy Dion, to go out with them. She agreed, and the three left for a fun night on the town. Ruby and Arnold were both members of the Yankton Sioux Tribe and had grown up in Lake Andes, which is a very small town just north of the Nebraska state border. It has a population that hovers around 800 people since it was established and is one of the towns located within the Yankton Sioux Reservation. Arnold was primarily raised by his grandmother after his mother died when he was young. At the time of his death, he was living with an aunt and working at a local casino. I looked at pictures of the town just to kind of get a feel for it, and uh-huh. it's tiny. Uh-huh. Casino, you know, like I was thinking casino, like you know, no. high rise building. No, this is a like a, a box. With it looks some like a games barn. in it. Yeah, yeah. Yep, it yep. really looks like it's a metal shed, basically barn type of building. 
a tiny, tiny town. Yeah. In the middle of nowhere. That's a lot of South Dakota as far as I have yeah. seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. My God, it's so beautiful, but yeah, just it's not spectacular. a lot of, Not a lot of people. Yeah. Nope. During high school, Arnold played basketball with the Marty Indian School, and in 1990, he was chosen to play for the all-Native American team and toured the Soviet Union with the team, which Holy sounds really cool. shit, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Ruby grew up with her parents in a large family. She had five brothers and two sisters. She was described as a very gentle person, always laughing and joking, and also very honest. She was the type of person you could count on to tell the truth no matter what sweetest face you'll ever see too oh, just I can't ugh I little family them, little of them. family with no. the little baby <laughs> no she became a mother very young and was said to love her daughter very much arnold ruby and tracy spent the evening going from place to place visiting friends and drinking they returned to tracy's house around 6 a.m. to drop her off and pick up their baby with plans to go home but when ruby's uncle realized that the three were drunk he told them to go home, sleep it off, and come back later in the day to get the baby. Oh, God. Wow. So they were alive at the end of the night. Yep. But they're drunk. Yep. <laughs> yep. And he didn't, wanna, didn't want them to take the baby home drunk. Oh, God. <sighs> he said he would care for the baby until they were sober. The three left, and Arnold started driving them back to his house. At around 7 a.m., Tracy said they were driving down a road east of Lake Andy, which is an actual lake, obviously, Mm -hmm. that the town is named after. He came to a stop at a three-way intersection, and as Arnold turned left onto Highway 281, Tracy said he hit the gas too hard and then hit a patch of black ice. Hmm. This caused the car to run off the road and flip over, coming to a rest upside down off the highway in a large ditch between the road and a railroad track. Mm-hmm. Just so you get a, an idea, when I think of ditch, I think of like a little divot in the road, right? That's sort of Indiana ditches. Yep. This is almost like a, a large creek. Almost, right. Not a river, but like a. it's much wider and deeper than I was picturing. Mm-hmm. There's an unsolved mystery segment on this, and they recreated some scenes in the actual ditch where the the crash happened, and mm-hmm. it gave me a much better idea of what we're dealing with. So, I'm not good at distances, but I'm guessing it's like 20 feet across. I know that the uh-huh. depth got down to like four feet, and it was often full of water, depending yeah. on the weather. It's kind of, yeah, and then there was creek kind or of steep, a, ravi- a small ravine or the, something, right. right? And then on either side. It, you know, so the the ditch goes down a bit off the road and the railroad track, and then surrounding is tall grass, w- lots of weeds and stuff, but not a lot of brush or trees. Got it. If if that helps. Yeah. When the car stopped moving, Tracy would later tell police that she might have been knocked unconscious briefly, and didn't see Arnold leave the car, but she did remember seeing Ruby in the front passenger seat. Ruby was screaming, "Oh my God! Oh my God!" and hitting the door of the car trying to get out. Remember, too, they're upside down. Mm-hmm. Ruby was eventually able to get the door open and get out of the car, but closed the door behind her without helping Tracy. Tracy was stuck in the back seat and needed help to get out. She yelled for Ruby to come back, but Ruby never returned. So Tracy was forced to wait until outside help arrived. What is happening? I this is I don't like where this is going. No. And it just seems so unlike Ruby. Every you know, I didn't. There wasn't a lot yeah. publicly available about her, but she just seemed like the type of person that would help. You know, her cousin, mm-hmm. best friend cousin, 
if she had been, you know, in the right in mind, her right or, mind. Totally. she would have absolutely stopped and helped her cousin get out of that car. Totally. No question. But if she's in shock of some kind, mm-hmm. probably not. Right. So after a few minutes, a passerby stopped, got Tracy out of the car and called the police. By that time, both Arnold and Ruby were nowhere to be found. Oh my God. First responders on the scene walked up and down the road looking for the missing couple, but found no trace of them. The water in the ditch along the road was frozen, so they checked for any broken ice that would indicate that Ruby and Arnold had fallen through into the water, but found no indication of that happening either. By this time, the sun was up, and police officers felt certain Ruby and Arnold had fled the scene because they were intoxicated and didn't want to get in trouble for driving drunk. Mm-hmm. They assumed the pair would show up at their homes in the next few hours. Those hours passed, then a day, then a week, with no sign of either of them. Oh my God. Ruby was still breastfeeding her baby and was a dedicated mom, so her family became worried about her right away when she didn't return. No doubt. Arnold's aunt didn't believe he would walk away without checking in with her either. Quote, I knew he wouldn't hide. He would have come home to us or called us and told us, I'm over here, don't worry about me. But we never heard anything from him. Oh my God. On more than one occasion, police searched along the road where the accident happened to make sure the couple wasn't near the crash site, but never found any sign of them. About a month after the crash, a man told the sheriff at the time that he'd gone down to the road on horseback after most of the snow had melted, but the water was still frozen, looking for a hubcap he'd lost. He did a thorough search and never found his hubcap, but he also reported no sign of Ruby or Arnold. Hmm. Again, because it's such a small town, uh, everybody knew exactly where this had happened and to keep an eye out for these teens. Yep. So in early March, three months after the car accident, the Federal Bureau of Indian Affairs Police, or the BIAP, asked the public for help finding Arnold and Ruby. And their families offered a $1,000 reward for any information that would lead to them. But before any tips could be investigated, just a week later, on March 10th, 1993, a passing motorist called police to report a body floating in the water in the ditch along Highway 281. Mm-hmm. When deputies responded to the scene, they found the body of a young woman floating in the water only 75 feet from the accident site. The woman was so badly decomposed, she wasn't able to be identified right away, but medical examiners found a tattoo on her body that matched one that Ruby had. Oh, God. How long? It's like a, a week? Two weeks? Three months. Oh, sorry. Okay, good. The young mom had finally been found. Authorities decided to drain the ditch now that the ice had melted to see if Arnold was still near the accident site as well. It would take a day, but the next morning, only 15 feet away from Ruby, Arnold's body was also found. Wow. He had been under more than four feet of water and was frozen to the ground. At first, investigators believed... They had uncovered the aftermath of a tragic accident and that Ruby and Arnold had been at the scene the entire time. But then they realized Arnold's body was much less decomposed than Ruby and he was easily identifiable. What the fuck? To make matters more suspicious, detectives also found a tuft of hair on the road and identified it as belonging to Ruby. I don't know how they did that. If they just Mm -hmm. said, oh, it looks like hers or if they did forensic tests. I never found any details. Got it. The hair was considered to be in much better condition than it would have been had it been on the road the entire time she'd been missing. 
the uh, sheriff also was like convinced that if it had been there at the time, they would have seen it. Of course. The, like before, right. earlier. Right. Because of this, the police wondered if something more sinister had happened. They were able to determine Ruby was wearing the same clothes she had on the night she went missing, but she was missing her shoes and glasses. Hmm. Arnold was fully clothed, but no one could remember what he'd been wearing the night he went missing, so they couldn't say for sure if he had the opportunity to change before he was found dead in the ditch. They also found a set of keys in his pocket. One was a car key and two seemed to be house keys, but they didn't belong to any cars or houses connected to Arnold or Ruby. An autopsy would show neither suffered any serious injuries from the accident, and the cause of death was ruled hypothermia. What is happening? Why? I know. Chupacabra. That's alien. I I don't like it. The medical examiner was not able to determine a time of death for either of them. Several days after the autopsy was done, authorities announced they believed that Ruby and Arnold had both died away from the spot where they crashed their car and then had been brought back sometime later to the scene to make it look like they had died in an accident. Mm-hmm. During the press conference, the Charles Mix County State's Attorney, Tim Whalen, said, quote, One, they weren't there after the accident. Two, all of a sudden, the bodies show up March 10th and 11th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's especially... And- that they showed up so close together, too, in the water. Right. Right? Right. The next day, family members of both Ruby and Arnold had their own press conference and accused officials of racism and incompetence. Uh, so the families are both Native American. The cops are all white. Got it. I mean, not all, but the cops that... Majority. I- saw yeah. <laughs> you know the sheriff mm-hmm. is definitely a white man um i think the majority of the deputies were also white yeah they said deputies who arrived at the scene of the crash failed to take pictures of the car or surrounding area even after learning that two people were missing and could be in the water surrounding the car mm-hmm. the sheriff replied by saying he did take pictures that day but something had happened to the negatives and they had been quote rendered useless one of the members of arnold's family clapped back saying quote it sounds like you're trying to cover your butt It sounds like you didn't investigate in the first place. Ruby's sister said that Native Americans were, quote, overlooked and set aside when things like this happened. And the aunt that Arnold had lived with agreed, saying, quote, when a Native American is charged with something, it's pursued heavily. However, when a Native American is a victim, it's not pursued with the same perseverance. Mm -hmm. Despite their criticism of how the case was initially handled, they agreed with authorities telling reporters that Ruby and Arnold had not been in the ditch since December and had been moved from somewhere else. Why, though? Why would that happen? I don't know. And I, th- I know that they were also involved in searches, and so they looked for themselves, too. Yeah. So it's not they're not just taking the police's word for it, but they really tried to find them also. Of course, yeah. Yeah. And in an area like that, that's that small... Like you said before, everybody's looking for them. Everybody knows who they are, what they look like. Everybody knows every inch of that town, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. so it's not like they're in a big sprawling city where there's endless alleyways. You know, it's like a limited amount of terrain and space to look for these kids. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I fully believe that. 
So when reporters asked detectives why Ruby and Arnold hadn't been placed in the national database for missing people, authorities said it was because they never believed the two had left the surrounding area of Lake Andes. Right. After the news conference, authorities admitted that a witness in the area of the crash the night the couple went missing came forward and said that they saw two people matching Arnold and Ruby's description get into a vehicle that was heading east the morning of the crash. And someone else said they saw Ruby on January 20th, nearly six weeks after she went missing, but no more information about what might have happened to them during that time came out. God, come on. Eight months after the news conference, so... This was even like after, so 8, 9, 10, 11, almost a year later after mm-hmm. the crash. Mm-hmm. Evidence of Ruby and Arnold's autopsy was sent to a lab in New Mexico for additional investigation. Their bodies were no longer available, but photos and any other evidence tied to the case was sent to medical examiners for a reevaluation. They came back saying hypothermia was a possible cause of death, but not the only possibility. Detectives also told reporters that they found quote, additional evidence that was suspicious, but they weren't going to elaborate further until more was known. There still wasn't enough proof to rule their deaths a homicide, but it kept authorities on the hunt for more information. Mm-hmm. As the months continued to pass, more leads came in and more witnesses came forward claiming to have seen either Ruby or Arnold after they went missing. They had a few of these witnesses take polygraph tests, which they passed. During this time, the families raised up the reward for more information to $5,000. Two years after the crash, Unsolved Mysteries filmed an episode about the case, and authorities closed down a mile stretch of Highway 281 so a stunt car driver could try to recreate the crash. One thing I found interesting in the video is that the they use this huge, I don't know what kind of car, like, 80s Chevy, like, you know, those huge sedans. Not even a muscle car, Uh but like a family sedan, like, Uh that's 700 feet wide. And, you know, those are huge cars. And the stunt driver did manage to flip the car, landed on the ice in the ditch, and then the ice didn't move at all. The car just slid on its top, like, on the ice. Uh Uh-huh. And so I think, it, you know, in South Dakota, it gets super cold. Everything freezes solid. Yep. Because I was like, well, maybe, I don't know. You know, it's just so tricky. The whole thing is so tricky. Like, how could a car hit that ice and not break through? Yep. And then maybe these two did. I don't know. (sighs) I don't know. Chupacabra. That's my only, (laughs) I know. That's my only answer. It's too strange. It's too strange. So after the episode aired, police revealed that among the sightings reported after the accident, one was from a woman who knew Arnold. She said she saw him at a party on New Year's Eve and had even talked to him that night. What? No, come on. I do not need this additional crap in my brain. No. Authorities asked her to take a polygraph test, which she passed. Another lead came from someone in North Dakota who told police they saw two men near a, quote, blazer-type vehicle at the accident site the morning the bodies were found. Mm -hmm. Police wondered if these men could have been the ones to dump the bodies. So despite the additional coverage of the case and the additional leads, none led to a break in the case. And not long after this, the FBI took over the investigation after a lawsuit over reservation boundaries made it unclear who should be in charge of the case. Uh-huh. Not much is publicly known about their investigation, the FBI's investigation. But after four years, they officially closed 
Arnold and Ruby's case, saying they found no evidence of foul play. Come on. Special Agent Matt Miller told reporters, quote, There isn't any indication of anything else besides their death. All we know is that they appeared in the ditch and that was it. <laughs> like, that's not helpful. <laughs> not remotely helpful. No. The case remains officially closed, but the sheriff who was working at the time continued to believe that something more sinister had happened to the couple. And when he retired in 2011, he told the local newspaper that Ruby and Arnold's case was the one that troubled him the most in his career, mm -hmm. talking about how hard he had personally searched for them and how he had even searched the ditch early in January when the ditch between the road and railroad was largely bare and dry. He will never believe they were in the ditch the entire time they were missing. Quote, I believe they were placed in the ditch after they passed away someplace else, the sheriff said. I do know that they weren't there in January. It's pretty hard to prove somebody was murdered when you don't have any evidence to prove it. <laughs> so what happened to Ruby and Arnold? What happened to Ruby and Arnold? Without more proof of what might have happened that morning, it's hard to speculate, right? Yep. It's possible, but in my opinion, not super likely that someone took them away from the scene that day just to kill them and then put their bodies back in the ditch later. Yeah. And likely at different points in time, especially if it's true that they were both seen, Arnold more than Ruby, but if Arnold was seen at parties and stuff, like, mm -hmm. would he really go to a party? It wasn't like he was kept hostage the whole time right. by some killer guy or dead the whole time. And then put back, right? Like if he was really out and about, yeah. There's just no indication that he would it wouldn't have gone home or tried to find Ruby or gone back to his baby. Yeah. Right. Well, both of them. So okay. So let's break it down a little bit. So they're with their cousin best friend. They definitely flip the car, right? The car is definitely right. found flipped upside down with Tracy inside of it. Yes. Right. And yes. they had intended to go home and get their baby because they had tried to do it. And the uncle had said, no, 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 you're too drunk. Come back later. Right. Right. And so there's, there's the motivation there that they had fully intended to just continue to be a family with their baby. Right. right. Because if they hadn't, then they would have just dropped Tracy off at home and skipped town without right. going to try to collect their baby. So... That tells me that they hadn't, they didn't do this intentionally. And, you know, where was the woman at the party super drunk when she thought she saw Arnold and talked to him? You know, did he look like other people? Did, mm -hmm. <sighs> was she a good liar and just wanted to be part of the case and right. managed to pass polygraph tests that we all know are kind of bogus anyway? Right. I think that it, she, maybe she just wanted to insert herself in yeah. the case and managed to pass the polygraph tests that are not super reliable, right? Right, yes. Especially back then when there weren't a lot of opportunities to get attention. You know, like exactly. Right. Get on the, yeah, get on the internet and there's your attention. But back then right. you, yeah. Oh, well, this was God. all around the same time as like Unsolved Mysteries. Mm -hmm. and so she didn't come out with that before. Oh, right? interesting. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I'm pretty sure she came out at, with that after. Uh -huh. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was after Unsolved Mysteries aired. 
Well, and if she's seeing him at parties, then his family would have, you know, I'm assuming he's related to a lot of people in that town. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's and only 800 people in the town. Right. And they're so all the, from the same tribe. Yeah. The chances of some random person seeing him at a party and not his family members and loved ones seems very unlikely to mm-hmm. me too. Right. But then right. why? Or that she wouldn't be like, oh my God, where are, where have you been? Right. And why haven't you told your, like everybody's worried sick about you. They yep. assume you're dead in a ditch. Like what yep. the F is happening? Right. I'm going to call your family mm-hmm. right now. This is so exciting. I can't believe you're here. I'm so mm-hmm. relieved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, it really feels like it would have had to have been an accidental drowning of some kind because who is out there at 730 in the morning, like, Snatching Pro- people up. Yes. Snatching right, up couples, agree. two people. Yes. That doesn't make any sense. No, I completely agree. So I'm guessing, especially if Ruby got out of the car and was disoriented enough that she wasn't helping her cousin, who she likely would have helped had she been in her right mind, that they were just stunned, in shock somehow, had bonked their heads or something, drunk. or wandering, I, I, or drunk, exactly, mm-hmm. which speeds up hypothermia, right? Yep. Yep. And they just became yep. hypothermic and either cuddled up together and ended up in the water somehow or wandered off far enough that they weren't seen for some reason or fell through mm-hmm. a break in the ice and floated down and weren't seen for that reason, but... Yeah, I don't believe that they abandoned their family or that they were, like, snatched up necessarily. And then brought back. Right. But God. Yeah, another possibility that I read about, uh, which I completely do not agree with at all, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is that Arnold killed Ruby after the crash and then hung out for a few weeks and then went back to the crash site and died of exposure somehow like later. <laughs> That's some, like one of the things. Whoa, yeah. karma's a bitch. <laughs> no. Right? It's like absolutely not. Like mm-hmm. I don't know why we're grasping at straws here, but that that guy did not kill Ruby for no like that's just right. stupid. Right. I mean, maybe murder uh, suicide at the exact same time, like took her off someplace far, far away. Yeah, and then, but like, no. Yeah. There's no indication. Other than like maybe mm-hmm. he completely lost his mind, or, but that's not, you. I don't know. I yeah. just don't believe it. No, I don't either. And I really either. when I was thinking about, like the thing that makes me most curious about something suspicious would be the time of death. Like if it's true that Ruby died much at a much different time than Arnold, right. then maybe that could point to being suspicious. So I looked into like t- what really affects decomposition. Mm-hmm. And everything you read, it's all about water and temperature, yep. right? Yep. So those two things are either going to really slow decomposition down or really speed them up. Right. And so I think it's very likely that Ruby ended up, she clearly did, she was in a different spot than Arnold. Yeah, and when even when they found her body, she was floating at the top of the water, badly decomposed. He, on the other hand, was frozen to the ground mm-hmm. in really good condition. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it just was a matter of him ending up in deeper, colder water for longer, yep. Yep. you know, or just and freezing. Uh, and then she, right, and she was in a, an area for those three months that probably thawed and refroze. Oh, right? that is chilling. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the things that I was reading about the decomposition is that uh, frozen bodies just, you can, you know, it's like Neanderthals that they find mm-hmm. frozen in the tundra or whatever and they're per- perfectly preserved. Yep. It's not, you know, they were talking about how Arnold just looked per- like his body was in perfect condition. Mm-hmm. The color of his skin was still, you know, 
intact. And yep. yeah, but that to me doesn't indicate that he died sooner to the, when they discovered him. It just indicates that he was preserved better. Yeah. yeah, there are whole zombie viruses trapped in the in the permafrost. <laughs> you guys, right. let's bring They're it back around to zombie viruses that are. <laughs> no thawing out and coming back to life springing mm-hmm. back after millions of years so if a zombie bi- virus can live in the permafrost in the arctic for millions of years then a body can be preserved in a ditch frozen for, for three, three months. months no doubt yeah. about it yeah yeah it, that's the only thing that makes sense how they didn't see them i'm gonna say it's probably incompetence or exactly. some sort of blind spot or a trick of the light you know like they there was just a blind spot in the ditch somehow mm-hmm. that they weren't able to see them. They couldn't spot them. They thought that they were looking, mm-hmm. but maybe they were looking right at them, but there was something obstructing the view. Who knows? Yes. Who yep. knows? But I think also it is a lesson for everyone that the wilderness is not to be trifled with. Don't go out there. It will get no, you. Just you will yourself never, in your house. You will never come back. End of story. No, it's too... Even in a ditch. Spooky. Yes. No. Those so the like, police. The, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the cases of all the people who have gone, who have disappeared, and I mean they weren't necessarily in a national park, but in the national parks. Uh, mm-mm, nope. Mm-hmm. No, thank yep. you. It's like four thousand people a year, and no, get out of it. Don't do it. Yeah. Well, I got on a Reddit thread about this case to see what people were mm-hmm. thinking, and that's what they were like. Ooh, missing four one one, and I was like, mm-hmm. I don't think. I mean, I again, I don't think they were like because their shoes were missing, and I was like, well, but. Yeah. I just, that doesn't surprise me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. I don't, they were trying to say it was supernatural and I just, I don't think so. It's really hard for your brain to not go there immediately though. Mm-hmm. You say like South Dakota, Wyoming, anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for my brain to also not go there immediately because so yeah. many, it's just so spooky. So much spooky shit happens. And yep. <laughs> this, I, okay, I'm going to preface this by saying that I don't think this is actually a chupacabra, but... When I moved to Indiana from Portland, Oregon, my best friend Sarah and I drove across country in, um, you know, with our rider truck and all of our stuff packed up. And we drove through, we were either in North Dakota or Wyoming in the middle of the night. And we both saw the same thing. And it looked like something that was upright but hunched, that was sort of lumbering, not walking, mm-hmm. you know, like lumbered mm-hmm. across the road. And it was this, it was the height of a human person, and it was all white. I'm sure it was a coyote, or a, you know, a wolf, or something. You know, I have, but we saw the exact. We were both like, th- that was a abominable snowman, right? Like a miniature <laughs> abominable. It was so weird. It was so weird. I've never seen anything like it since, and had not before that. And so we assumed it was a chupacabra because it's the only explanation. Guess. Out in the middle of nowhere. But I mean, even if it was a coyote or a wolf, it was enormous and super fast moving and super spooky and not something that I want to ever encounter again. And so, you know, and maybe it was something like that. Maybe one of their bodies got dragged by a creature of some, you know, like a a coyote or a fox or who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It's just too much wildness. There's too much to contend with. And so... I don't like it, and I don't encourage. And anyone who's listening from South Dakota, you you need to go or Wyoming, Montana, <laughs> North Dakota. I'm sorry, oh, you're lucky I've, that you've made it this far. Come right. to places like Indiana that are just all strip malls. There's nowhere boring. to get shooped. Nowhere to get shooped in no. Indiana. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I have serious uh, fantasies of moving to the middle of Wyoming, mm. like having mm. a chicken, chickens. <laughs> that's my that's having a chicken, <laughs> having one chicken <laughs> that gives me some eggs. <laughs> anyway, it's just the most beautiful area that is full of oh, terrifying stunning. things. Yep. Okay, you guys, I, again, I'm going to go a little off script here. I have officially been influenced. I'm not kidding when I tell you that I love prose. I love it. I influenced myself (laughs) into continuing (laughs) to use it because I really, truly love it. And a little bit of a backstory about me very quickly, just going to hog this for one second. I worked at a salon and spa, a huge chain of salon spas for four years. I was in charge of facilitating all of the training. And so I know a lot. I actually know a lot about hair care and skincare. To the point that I am extremely particular about who touches my hair, what I put on my hair, to the point that I cut my own hair because I have such difficult hair. So I am speaking as a almost expert on this. So you can believe me. Trust me. I love this stuff. There's no one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to hair care. And that's because your hair and your hair goals are completely unique. Tell me about your hair goals, <laughs> Court. <laughs> Sadie, Eck. Okay, I have like 11 cowlicks on my hair. I, it is half curly, half straight. I, I'm going to go do three halves and half wavy. <laughs> so <laughs> it's complicated hair. It's tricky. It's complicated. It's right in between frizzy and fine. Everything that you don't want hair to be, my hair is that. To the point that I have only used one kind of shampoo and conditioner for the last 11 years until Pros. Pros is the first thing that I've used that I like better and I like it so significantly better that I'm going to switch to it. Over the weekend, I used, when we were in New Orleans, I used the other stuff that I used to use and I I just do not like it as well. Trust me, you guys, pros, rules. And thanks to my personalized pros routine, I can honestly say that I've never been more in love with my hair. Pros makes custom hair care that's effective because it's personal. Using natural ingredients with proven results, Pros customizes every product in your routine from shampoo to supplements, which is true. I'm actually looking at a bottle of shampoo right here. It has color protectant, and it's also Mm -hmm. made for my curly hair because I dye my hair and it's curly. (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) First, Pros starts by asking questions about my hair goals, like... Do you color your hair? Do you go to the gym often? What? Where do you live? You type in your zip code. It determines what environmental issues you're up against in your zip code, yeah. etc. It's amazing. Do you want a less dry scalp? Do you want yep. less frizz? Do you want more volume? Their in-depth consultation also asks about you as a person. Next, Pros analyzed all my answers and handpicked clean ingredients to help me reach my hair goals. Currently, the things I love the most, the shampoo and conditioner amazing. Mine is also for curly hair, also for color-treated hair. Super soft, gives me tons of texture, smells. I cannot stress this Mm -hmm. enough. Smells so good. When I'm recording the podcast, I'm sitting under a heating and air conditioning unit. The heat is blasting straight onto my head and I smell like I'm a French lady who's rich. I like it smells (laughs) smells so good. good. (laughs) When I'm laying in bed at night, it wafts up into my face and into my wife's face. And she's like, what is that? Like, I know it's pros. (laughs) I also am really, truly, truly loving the soft hold gel and the curl cream. Never going back, never not using those things ever again. Yeah. I also am very, very particular about what I put into my hair and I keep reaching for the hair oil when Mm. like in between my wash days 
it really just tames my hair. It makes it shiny and makes it smell really good. Yep. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty free. They are also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. On top of that, if you are not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've had. They will take the products back, no questions asked, which will is insane. Will they take them back completely empty? <laughs> That's Pros. Pros, Tell will us. you do it? <laughs> So Pros is the key to achieving all your hair goals this year. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash they will. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash they will for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Do it. Do you it. will not regret it, I no. promise. It's really good stuff. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So the police insisted that the search for Ruby and Arnold happened right away and was very thorough. But I think that they were the ones who had the most to lose if it mm -hmm. turned out that they had overlooked the couple the day of the crash, right? Yes, absolutely. So, and I'm, I, I think I'm kind of a gullible person in some ways. So as I was researching this, the whole time I was like, well, if the police think that something sinister happened, then that must be true. And that's why mm -hmm. I kept with this case... Because I was like, well, why would they think that? And then all of a sudden, like, as I was almost done writing the story, it, like, dawned on me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I do, in my mind, I would do the right thing, right? Like, I yep. would I would admit, it's just my nature. Like, if, if I didn't do a very good job, yep. I was the detective and I didn't really search for these kids, I would be like, oh, my God, I missed them. I didn't yep. thoroughly, I thought they were drunks and they walked away from the crash and I didn't bother to look for them and now they're dead in the ditch yep. because I didn't, you know, but it dawned on me that that's not normal. That's not how people, especially in law enforcement, unfortunately, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're going to do what they need to to protect themselves, right? Yep. And so you have a sheriff who has been called out by the family yep. for being incompetent and then you find the bodies at the crash site and he's like oh no uh uh no mm -hmm. way i i searched personally up and down that ditch for yep. months like i um did you yep. and and did anybody actually look for them that day right i yeah. i don't know there's no or proof like, that they did oh they were just drunk that's yeah, what they, they do and they you know they yep. find tracy who is clearly she she looks like a native american talking about her her native american mm -hmm. friend and family yep. who are gone who were drunk she yep. admits that to them and they think, okay, they walked away. Yep. We're not going to bother looking for them. Yep. Maybe did a, a glance. But yep. the, the when I saw how big the ditch was, I was like, okay, there are plenty of places where bodies mm. could be mm. or or people who are dying, actively dying of hypothermia could hide or be lost. And yep. if nobody's actually looking for them, especially, they'll die of hypothermia and then yep. be in the water later. Right. Well, and missing shoes, yeah, and missing shoes and missing glasses, like those are things that would naturally come off in the water. It's not mm -hmm. like she was 
one sleeve of her shirt was removed and there was right. a tourniquet tied around her neck or, you know, no, like... No, And the like medical examiner Captain Shu or other, other cases we've covered that are just... Right. Who removed his nipples, you know, like nothing yeah. like that. That no. would... Right. Yeah. Yep. Nothing, um, not even indication that she had really suffered much. Right. Either of them suffered much from the car crash. Right. So not blunt force trauma, no knife wounds, no, yeah. no even like there was no indication on the initial autopsy that there was uh, animal injuries or yep. you know, nothing. They just died of hypothermia. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Oh, the other thing that I was thinking about too is that they say they did a thorough search of the area, but even after finding Ruby, they still had to pump the water out of the ditch before they found Arnold, despite the fact that he was only 15 feet away. Mm-hmm. So had they searched, they had been searching and the family searched and didn't find them. But after the initial day, if they both had been fr- caught under the water and f- were frozen to the ground, you're not going to see them in yep. four feet of water. No. Nope. That is mostly frozen until March. Yep. Right, they still couldn't see his body, even though yep. they had found Ruby. So, what if the two had still been alive but unconscious at the time of the crash, and the police failed to search for them until it was too late to save them? Once they realized their mistake, the sheriff tried to make it look suspicious to take the heat off of himself and his deputies. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the cops arrived at the scene, found the two Native American teens, crashed the car while drunk, and then just assumed they had fled. There's no proof that they searched that day. Just the word of the sheriff who insisted it happened. Mm-hmm. As Ruby's sister put it, I think it's very likely they were, quote, overlooked and set aside that yep. day and died as a result. But in all honesty, it's impossible to know exactly what happened. In an interview with Ruby's dad, he said he just wanted to know what happened to his daughter so he would have answers for his granddaughter when she got older. Mm-hmm. Ruby's parents ended up adopting Ruby and Arnold's little girl, who is now in her early 30s. If Ruby and Arnold were still alive, they would be 49 and 50. Years oh my old. God. So young. Oh no. my God. <laughs> no, not much older than us <sighs> at all. You know. No, nope. And there, my little friends, is the terribly sad, mm. but maybe not super suspicious story of Arnold and Ruby. Isn't that wild? You're so right about the about the police, especially after the FBI get involved and they have to save face. Mm-hmm. And God, yeah, that they would just sort of dredge up some fake homicide versus just being like, well, we clearly overlooked them and, mm-hmm. you know, we were remiss in assuming that they had just wandered off for the night or something, you know. And mm-hmm. I think, I, I just like, I want to legislate worst case scenario protocol that no. anytime somebody is missing versus which what police do now is like assume best case scenario. And I understand like most of the time, quote unquote, most of the time people are just off willy nilly, you know, doing their thing. They're going to show up. But the whole point of us paying to be pro, quote unquote protected by law enforcement is for them to protect us and if Mm -hmm. they are just like well tough shit we don't want to use our resources that we pay for then we should stop paying for them right (laughs) you know i'm not sure how long it would take i'm i don't know you know i didn't get into the like nitty-gritty details Mm -hmm. of how cold it was that morning or how long it would take to die of hypothermia if you were drunk 
But I do believe that help arrived within... So the crash happened at like seven. Mm-hmm. I know that the police were searching like on the scene by at least eight, if not mm-hmm. sooner. So could they have died in within an hour? I mean, yeah, possibly. yeah, yeah, easily. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, and so I can't, I don't want to blame the police. Like had they just searched for them, they would have found them alive, but they at least would have found them either alive or dead, but yep. right away. Would have found them. Yes. Yeah. And so then the families wouldn't have to agonize. agonize. Mm-hmm. For three months, wondering where they were and why they didn't they chose not to come home. Well, then agonizing forever. I'm sure they're still agonizing. Mm-hmm. Wonder if something yes. terrible happened to them. If there's something yeah. more nefarious, like if they're somebody they need to be afraid of or worried about that was mm-hmm. you know stalking these kids, which seems right. very unlikely, but it's still possibility. Especially right. if the police are telling you that it is absolutely. Well, that's one of the quotes in the unsolved mysteries. I don't remember which family member said, but they were like, "Our community is terrified." Of course, like who's out there snatching up victims of car crashes and then killing them and then bringing them back? That idea of that being yes. a possibility is so scary. Yeah, and horrifying and like cruel, terrifying, truly terrifying. Yeah. Like you know, as, even if it's just like a, a somebody out patrolling and, you know, oh, yeah, I was really in the mood to kill somebody today. Here's a perfect opportunity. These kids are stunned mm-hmm. and wounded and vulnerable. I'm just going to kill them right now. Yeah, that's that's yeah. super, super, super creepy, super right. nefarious, super creepy. Well, and if something, you know, like if I was in their shoes and the police, I think which, what you were getting ready to say, like a police officer came and like, oh, this something suspicious happened here. I'd be like, oh, my God, what do they know that they're not going to, like, they're, yep. that they're not telling me yet. And yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. W- what happened? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I would absolutely believe them. I wouldn't have any reason not to because yep. why would they do that except for if they were trying to cover their own asses? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It seems likely Holy. that, and maybe... One of them fell in and the other one was trying to help them and mm-hmm. then got stuck too. Yeah, there's a zillion different ways they could have ended up in the elements, especially if they're drunk. And depending on how cold it was, I mean, hypothermia can happen within like 10 minutes in certain conditions. And then if you're drunk and your blood is thinned, then it's mm-hmm. like probably almost instantaneous in some cases. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if it's windy, yeah, there's just so many, so many things that can contribute, but uh, blood alcohol level, definitely huge, huge factor for sure. Yuck. Ew. Spooky, sad, terrible. No. No. We're just waiting until you see their faces. It's so sad. (sighs) My God, they're poor kid. They're poor kid. Mm -hmm. But luckily, I mean, good for that uncle for... Protecting a little baby because now we, then we could have a missing baby too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I thought the same thing. Like had they let the baby go with mom and dad, the whole family probably would have ended up in the crash. Oh, God. Well, I'm so sorry for her. I'm so sorry for their families. I'm so sorry for everyone who is further victimized by inadequate investigations, which is mm-hmm. damn near constant. Even in the good investigations, the victims are further victimized because it's just... The system is set up that way. It's not set up to protect people and care for people who are hurting. Yep. Period. End of story. End of story. I'm moving to Wyoming. I take it back. I'm going to face the (laughs) troops. It's worth it. You got to. You got to do it. I'm going to have the saddest militia of one. Just me against the troops and the (laughs) United States systems. (laughs) I can't do it anymore. I can't. 
Just kidding. I can. I I don't yeah. I don't even know what to say about it. It's sad, but it's a good illustration of how it goes wrong. When it goes yeah. wrong, it goes terribly, terribly wrong. And well. also aliens and also chupacabras. <laughs> I'm sure. I am positive. Oh, you told me about this. I was going to say, I'm sure that there's lots of studies that have been done about white people blaming the supernatural for things that we don't understand and how mm-hmm. that's kind of inherently racist. Like the pyramids mm-hmm. and how we're like, definitely oh, those aliens right. mm-hmm. couldn't have possibly yes. been Egyptian people. Right. But we <laughs> don't know? we don't question the Greek Colosseum. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yep. I think that this yep. is another one of those cases. Like, exactly. Oof, definitely chupacabra. Couldn't have right. just been the police overlooking mm-hmm. hypothermic teenagers. Right. Native yep. American teenagers. Yep. Teens. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right. Good job. Good job, Thank- everyone. Yep. We did it. We did terrible things to everybody all the time. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh. That's also definitely not our low serotonin <laughs> from our uh, New Orleans weekend talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I think that what the world needs now is a good dose of name time to perk us back yeah, up, always, right? Always, always, yes. Okay. It's name time. Give me the serotonin that I need for my body. Pain. Come on, name time, you guys. This is all you being so amazing and sending a name so that we can all feel a little bit better about the world. A very sweet listener messaged us last week and was like, do you guys do any other podcasts? Because I really like you, but, you know, true crime is hard to listen to. Oh, I didn't see that. That's you so didn't? sweet. No. Yes, incredibly, incredibly oh. sweet. Think through Instagram. And oh, I said, I'm well, sorry. I do have another podcast, but it's horror. <laughs> so that's not... I have also, I mostly, well, just friends that love me before the podcast are like, can you, same thing. Can you and Courtney do a podcast that's not true crime just so I can listen to you talk? Uh-huh. I can't listen to true crime. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I don't so, have time to just have conversational podcast things no. at this point, but. No, but, they, well, and the, the listener suggested like maybe have people send in happy stories so you could then do a happy story podcast, which we tried, which I was like, well, great minds think alike because we tried that, remember, at the very beginning yeah. of this podcast yeah. and it didn't really work because well, maybe we have no one's happy. Audience. Everyone no. moved to Wyoming. <laughs> Face the tubes. No, right. um, no, but I, wonderful suggestion. And so my recommendation was just to skip to the end. The last 20, 30 minutes are always banter, starting with name time. So here you go dear listener and all of you listeners who are here for the X-Sisters, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. There is a town in Norway called Hell. Ah. That's where my serotonin (laughs) is today. That's where I was born. Yeah. There is a guy named Odd Seaman. Also Uh, in Norway. Also in Norway. Odd Seaman. (laughs) S-I-M-E-N. Pronounced Seaman. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I love those. I was, I was like, ooh, yeah, we, there's a lot to mine in Norway. I'm sure oh, of that, sure. especially yes. as is translated into English. Yes. Endless, endless fodder there. So all of our Norwegian listeners, send it to us. Also, is anybody listening from France? I was think I think about this a lot. I don't mm, think we've ever gotten like a, a message. 
Yeah, Malo doesn't count though because she's like family. But <laughs> uh, is there are there any just r- organic French listeners? If you were listening from France, please raise your hand. We've never gotten a message. I feel like I make fun of myself via French things a lot, and they're never right. like correcting. I don't know. It's weird. I could just look at know. our metrics, but I would rather just you tell me. Anybody out there? Any French? Any French listeners? Okay. <laughs> Somebody sent me a picture of something that said fuel. It's a like a piece of a machinery fuel pump assy <laughs> that was, yes yep. i saw that one <laughs> yep exactly how it sounds fuel pump That's assy so funny <laughs> there's a foreign language teacher named mr english yes. <laughs> there is a town called middle fart denmark <laughs> yeah there is a dildo Canada, <laughs> Batman Turkey. <laughs> There's a place in Turkey, not like a, bat, a type of turkey oh. called Batman. Batman Turkey. There is Moron Argentina. Oh. There is, oh, and this these are, these were all from an Instagram post that like seven people tagged us in or sent us because you guys are the best. Um, nothing Arizona. And... <laughs> Oh, no, I thought this was a town in Virginia. This is a name, Virginia Shonk. (laughs) Shonk. Shonk. (laughs) I found an Instagram post. Laura saw me writing these down. She's like, what are you doing? And it's like, I'm taking notes for the podcast. She's like, oh, good, good, good call. Of course you are. (laughs) The worst bird names. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. And the Instagram post was, I, I love when birds were obviously named by people who hate birds. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bunch that was like the noisy blah, 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 like eight, the noisy, you know, t- fern rattler or something, but just noisy. Just, I hate I hate those noises. <laughs> uh, there's the drab seed eater. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, what, what should we name that one? Well, hmm. Pretty drab. Pretty drab. Definitely hungry for those seeds. Fuck that thing. I hate it. I hate my job. I'm so tired. He had a wild weekend in New Orleans. Exactly. For naming that bird. I don't know. Dumb feather guy body. (laughs) Blue bird. (laughs) The rough faced shag. Ah, oh, poor Ruffy Shag. <laughs> the somber tit. No. Mm-hmm. What happened to the somber tit? Sad. <laughs> Sad. The dick sizzle. <laughs> uh, this one, I I mean, if this is not, was this was not named by some like British guy who was, you know, nobleman who, you know, is like, Father, I oh, okay. I'm not going to do a British accent. I'm just going to go into in, out into the bush. Oh, that's not what they call it there. But now he's Australian <laughs> slash the moor from the UK going to the moor. Yeah, I'm going to go and identify birds, Father. And he's like, Oh, great! I'm we're super loaded, so you can do that. It's fine. It's like I'm going to draw them. He's like, That sounds great, son. Go draw birds, you little weirdo. And then he's like, Father, I I I. I Identified a new bird. Oh, great, son. What are you going to name it? The fluffy backed tit babbler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right? Snort. Right? 
Yeah. Comes like prancing back through the meadow with his little, <laughs> you know, that painting of the little boy mm. in the, the boy in blue, that super famous painting. And he's wearing the like yes. little doubloons. That's what Knickers. this grown, uh-huh. you know, probably 22 year old young man who identified <laughs> the fluffy backed tit babbler. <laughs> Boom, father, you'll never guess. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he's just lucky he wasn't born in America and be burned at the stake. For oh, God, yes, dead. yes. <laughs> yep, uh, yep. He was just a nobleman, so he got to name it, got to do whatever he wanted. Uh, later everything. on in life, as he continued to repress his homosexuality, the same nobleman continued to identify birds and named a bird the hoary puff leg. <laughs> <laughs> He'd lost his, lost his magic, lost his sparkle by then. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, uh, for the birds, there's a couple more names. The Horned Screamer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you follow Lisa Gilroy on Instagram? Uh, she's a blonde, like very beautiful so. blonde comedian. She's so fucking funny. She's so funny. She's definitely one of my the only reasons I'm still on Instagram but she did a whole skit about <laughs> when they named manslaughter manslaughter <laughs> oh well <laughs> and it's like a she plays various characters like <laughs> like okay guys we uh okay next up we need to figure out a name for when you accidentally kill someone <laughs> and you know like one person's like uh accidental um death death thing Okay, yeah, that's good. Uh, how about you? Uh, you know, didn't mean didn't mean to kill him. Just <laughs> got like this goth character who's like manslaughter. <laughs> that's, that's the naming of the horned screamer. Because <laughs> it is such a good point. Why manslaughter? The man wasn't slaughtered. He was accidentally killed. Like it was an accident. Yeah, like, it sounds way worse than murder. Yes. I'm like, I murdered him. I manslaughtered him. Noi. Go take a chill pill. <laughs> While in the skit, they're like, calm down, Janice. <laughs> no manslaughter. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so somebody said they judged gymnastics and they had a girl the, over the weekend named Delaney Pancake. No. And, and this listener ran over to her and asked her if she was related to Cindy. <gasps> but no such and? luck as far as oh, she was aware. That is true dedication. A++. All the awards you, to you, dear listener. I hope you threw the competition in in Delaney's favor, regardless of her <laughs> skill level, just because of her name. If you didn't, stop listening to this podcast now. Your time here is done. <laughs> just kidding. Don't really do that. Aside from the fact that you are actively tracing the lineage of the pancake ancestry, which is to be to be praised. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yes, I really hope you. Just, I agree with Sadie. I hope you threw it in her favor. <laughs> I would be Kerrigan. The other judges are Kerrigan like um, the other didn't. children. Right. They're like, yep. wait, um, no, she, wait, wait, no, no, she didn't do the back off handspring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be doing the back off handspring when I move to Wyoming. <laughs> like, hi, we're here to point, 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 back off. Do the back off handspring. I need you right. out of here. 
awesome, but she gets to win anyway. <laughs> Last oh, but not so least, bad. you guys. Last but not least, <laughs> the one of the directors, maybe the director, I don't know. It's been a while since I watched Home Improvement, but somebody was watching it this week and sent us a screen cap of the director, Peter Boners. Oh, my God. With a Z. The fact that somebody was watching mm-hmm. A, yep. number one and number A, that they were watching Home Improvement. Yep long enough like completed yep. the episode to the credits yeah yep. the whole thing is amazing amazing peter, peter boners peter boners us. with the z oi 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 hooray we love amazing. you so much my serotonin serotonin feels a little boosted so i think it's Me time too. to do some shouty outies while Let's we're still it. riding this high before Let's i go back it. to um choop, choop wyoming that's right and last, go ahead oh sorry didn't mean to cut you off in your no. talk. Tell me more. T- t- please take the floor. Here's the talking <laughs> stick. <laughs> so last episode, we promised uh, double name time. Yep. We also promised that I would do some name times. Yep. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. And, and let's, we don't let's give the people what they want. Don't break a promise. We do we not break ever. A nope. We're like the Goonies. We're like the Goonies. That's right. So I if you're new here, you can also be a patron of ours. Get a bonus episode every week. A yep, full, full ass, bonus episode. Whole ass episodes. These are full episodes, you guys. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes plus every single every week. week. For as little as $5 a month. Yep. And right. if you sign up and you, and then we will shout you out like we're going to do right now. Here's an example yep. of what that looks like for better or worse. <laughs> That's right. So should we do every other? Do yeah, you good go idea. And then I go? Yes, good idea. Okay, every other. Thank you so much to Rachel. Okay, if if you're walking through a street, down a street in a town, and you come into the town and you're looking around and you look to your right and you look to your left and all you can see, you're like, where am I? What, what kind of uh, town is this? And then on the signs, the signage on the storefronts, all it says is Rachel. One word. Simple, straight to the point. You go into the first Rachel, and what do you find in there? Top to bottom, stocked full, shelf after shelf of grace. You leave Rachel, you go into the next Rachel. What's in there? Top to bottom, stocked full, shelf after shelf of kindness and beauty. You go into the next Rachel. Sit down. Somebody comes up, a waitress, waiter, wait person. How can I help you today? Well, what do you recommend here? Mm, well, our special is fa- fashion sense. Great. I'll take <laughs> two. And then you go into the next store and, oh, it's a concert. at It's at the Rachel Auditorium. What are they performing? Well, I'll, let me sing you a little excerpt. And every day that we are here, everybody knows that we are the ones who everybody loves. Rachel, 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 Rachel. (laughs) Spinning hands, spinning hands, spinning hands, spinning hands. Rachel, Rachel. Everybody knows and loves Rachel because she's wonderful, glorious, and the one of all the ones. I also should mention that Rachel's from Australia. Well, she's... Then you, there you go. follow the signs to the bush, <laughs> which, which I mentioned before. 
Yep. And uh, out the, in the bush, at the what's, Foster's mm-hmm. bar. <laughs> no, it's all Rachel's. There's no Foster's. I mean, there's no Foster's yeah. in Rachel. There's only Rachel and Rachel. <laughs> but you follow the sign to the Rachel. It's not cemetery. <laughs> where they protect the Ever? sanctuary, sanctuary, oh. <laughs> the Rachel sanctuary, and out and frolicking about, you see Rachel's, and they are beautiful, kind, wonderful, uh, friendly, truthful, honest, brave, strong, and gracious, and also um, have you could look. They look into deep into your soul with eyes of blue and goldenness, and <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Rachel, woo! <laughs> All right, who who do you get? I think you're going to win this week. I think you're going to win the win we'll the Saudi Audis. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, thank you so much to Joe. All right, Joe. The message is clear. Mm-hmm. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. You have it. Mm-hmm. You've got it down. Whatever yep. it is, you can do it. You are strong. Yep. You are talented. Mm-hmm. You are super smart. Yep. You don't need anybody's business. No. You've got this. So go do it. Mm-hmm. Take over. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm getting like Joe. this huge Joe. Joe, Energy, the strong mm-hmm. sense of capability mm-hmm. and compassion mm-hmm. and brightness. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can do it. I think so too. Isn't Shouty Audi's fun? <laughs> yes. We are, Sadie is but a vessel, Joe. <laughs> Sadie is but a vessel. Right. <laughs> flowing through her. Yeah. I think that's what that's what it is. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> Who's that? You could do it. Thank you so much. Ooh, this could be a French listener. Oh, Their God. last name ends in an X. A U an E A U X. Ooh, or Cajun. Cajun French. Mm-hmm, maybe. So Don't worry. So I was just in New Orleans. I'm prepared. I am prepared. <laughs> like Bromart B R E A U X or B R E U anyway. Bromart, Thank you my so favorite. much to Natalie D. Natalie, I'm gonna go to a. I'm gonna go to early Mardi Gras parade, and it's the, the theme is it's a crew to Natalie, and you go to crew to <laughs> Natalie, and what are they doing? Stepping in their little steppy steps, little feats and clappy clap, and do their little dancey dance, and then they are float pulling a float. Well, they the little dancers come out first, and then they. Stepping in, being so cool that it puts tears in your eyes because it's so beautiful and the sound is so massive and it makes you feel so alive. And then the float pulls up. And what's on the float? Well, it's a big, giant lion. And on the lion is a maiden. And the maiden has four different heads. And each of the heads represents all the Natalies. There's the smart one. There is the brave one. There is the kind one. And then there is the one that needs to tell you how to get the fuck out of her face in a good and assertive and healthy way. And then behind the lion is a obelisk, big, giant, tall, like 27 feet. 
and the obelisk represents power. And it also represents pointing to the heavens in a cool way, not a controlling way. And <laughs> that is the portal whoosh, whoosh, to the divine, to the power, to the universe, all those things. The float goes by, here's some throws, here's some beads, here's a little art piece that is a unique and amazing, here you go. And then in the rear are some people doing back off rut round handsprings. <laughs> flip, 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 flip. Yeah! Hey. I love the crew to Natalie. <laughs> My favorite one of the season. Mm-hmm. 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 Hooray. Thank you so much, Sadie Stern. Thank you so much to Gabriella C. Gabriella C. Gabriella C, I see you being really funny and smart and talented all day long. <laughs> it's so good. I Gabriella love it. C. It is like Kermit the Frog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're totally Gabri- on the Rainbow Bridge or whatever. Yes, Gabriella C. <laughs> When you're not sure, all you have to do is remember that it's all inside of you every day of your life and that you are very pretty. (laughs) Gabriella I love that song. (laughs) It put me in a really good mood. Thank you so much to Jared K. Jared K. We have a, I don't know many Jareds, but the Jareds that I do know, I have a good feeling about them. I I think that Jared C, if I was going to take a guess, Jared C has curiosity, tenacity, bravery, um, uh, ingenuity. That's not a word I throw around. No. You know, casually. Jared C. can identify it, spot it, seek it out, rectify it, qualify it, quantify it, and then close the case, close it up, wrap it up, heal it up, make sure that everybody feels validated, vindicated, heard, understood, supported, and also, best of all, inspired. So after Jared C. comes through, does what Jared C. does, moves on, leaves what he found better than he found it, which I would, I would wager is the most important thing that you can do as a human being on this planet and should be the thing that we all aspire to do. Everyone can look to Jared C. to do just that. 100%. Yeah. He wrote the book about it. Check it out. It's called Jared C. Colon. Okay. How to leave the world better than you found it. <laughs> a brief history of Jared C. <laughs> and then an autobiography under that. I think, I think Jared's last name started with a K. <laughs> they both make the same sound, Sadie, depending right. on the, at what word they're at the beginning of. That's true. So. Jared doesn't, uh, he doesn't care. No. 
It's fine if you just give somebody a new last name. Everyone's fine with that. It's not. It's not offensive. No, we do what we want here. Yeah. So much like Jared C, I just came along, found his name, and left it better than I found it. <laughs> just kidding, Jared K. I'm just kidding. You're Jared K. I celebrate the K in all of its glory. Everything about it, Jared K. Okay, and then last but not least, take it away, Sadie. We have Emily E. All right, Emily, I sit here in where we record is also slash record slash playroom. Yep. And I am looking at a book on the wall where I have a bookshelf. It's called Brawl of the Wild. (gasps) And it's speaking to me for you. I love it. Brawl of the Wild. Don't know what that means for you, but you know what it means for you. Get out there, do it. Yep. Get in to the wild and brawl your little heart out. Yep. Fisticuffs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Get your boxing gloves on if you want, mm-hmm. or bare knuckles, or brass mm-hmm. knuckles. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Go do it and let us know how it goes. I think she should take a little glove, speaking of French, French things and... Speaking yeah. of uh, noblemen out identifying birds in the in the fields, <laughs> I think you get a little set of gloves and mm-hmm. whack whack whack. You know, mm-hmm. like yes, oh, like British, like dually, like like a French, like a to thing. quote yes. to quote mm-hmm. waiting for Guffman. How dare you t- t- say that to me, you? And smack him like D'Artagnan. <laughs> smack him. That's a brawl in the wild that I'd like to brawl see. Brawl of the wild. Mm-hmm. That's right. I need to go read this Smacky French dandies. Smack, smack, smack. <laughs> yep. It's uh, this book that I'm looking at is Dogman. It's a graphic novel. If, uh-huh. you, have, if you have children, um, if you have children, it is my eight-year-old's f- most favorite series of all times. Uh-huh. They are so funny. And it's Dogman Brawl of the Wild. And now I need to know what. What what's Dogman doing? Why right? What kind of brawl are we talking? What are, what are the right? outcomes? But right? we know that Emily's going to win the brawl in the wild, even if you are only armed with a little set of gloves and your yep. little sassy attitude. You're still going to mm-hmm. win. You're going to take them down <laughs> one way or another. Mm-hmm. Yes, you will prevail. Get it done. Oh my God, you guys, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for being here every week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. We love you so unendingly very much. And if you want to spend more time with us, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, or Facebook at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com, and you can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. You can rate and review and subscribe to us. If you want to do that, yes, it would please. be really nice. Please do please. it. And thank you, AJ Bergantz, for your music. Thank you so much. Even though we could write it ourselves like this. I will say, though, I for Please Leave My Horror Podcast, um, I like found a song that I really liked, but I didn't. It wasn't it like moved around too much. I just liked this really persistent beat. So I went to this website and I just recreated it, basically what I wanted it to sound like. And then I didn't uh-huh. end up using it. So there's a there's a website called freesound.org that I love. I use their sounds all the time. It's fantastic. It's just this like open source place that people upload thing they things they've made. And so I uploaded this these this beats. I called it dark beats because it's just kind of a spooky 
persistent kind of a trap, kind of a beat. Uh-huh. And I put it up there and it's gotten like 20 downloads in three days, you know, which is pretty good for for a freesound.org download Heck yeah. total. <laughs> but I got, a, <laughs> I got a message from somebody who was like, hey, I really love this Dark Beats. Do you ever do collabs? And I was like, whoa, wow. <laughs> Look at whoa. you collabing. I have already been asked <laughs> to do a collab based on my... <laughs> Based on my uh, horror beats that I made That's for amazing. my horror, like, po- is that yeah, amazing? For a fee, yes. <laughs> you gotta pay me for my talent. <laughs> I know, even though it's already listed as like full Creative Commons zero license, I like just have it. It's fine, you can have it. But yeah, is that cute That's though? Amazing. It's like, yes. dang. That's oh my god! No, really, go listen to Please Leave podcast. We don't if you talk like about scary stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm doing a promo this week. It's actually out for recording, so I finally have a promo to play. I'll probably play it next week, so you guys can uh, get hip to it because I get love hip it. To it, mm-hmm. it's really good. The sound effects are really good. It's just the scary, good storytelling makes me yep. want to die inside often. Yep, in the best way possible. So go listen to it. Yep, do it, do it. Um. And remember. So I, for some reason last night, the story came into my head and I just wanted to share it. It was a moment, a very defining moment where they, you know, like they say core memory. If you watch, if you watch TikTok a lot, core memory. I was living in Humboldt County, California, where I went to college. If you're not familiar, it's where the weed, all of the weed used to come from. It's very, very, very hippie, very remote, middle of fucking nowhere. And I was sort of a kid who... Growing up, hippies, punks, goth kids, we were all kind of the same, right? We were all sort of mushed into the same like other category. There was not a lot of delineation in high school. Mm -hmm. So I was a little bit of everything. Central Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was a little bit of everything. You know, kind of our parents were hippies, so I identified with that a little bit more. I, I was, you know, more outwardly punk. Anyway, so I get to Humboldt. I'm like hippie enough and I'm kind of exploring it. I'm not like, okay, like I like the idea of being a hippie, but I, you know, there's a lot that wasn't super driving. So the moment, the defining moment, I think that sort of was like, okay, this is not the path I'm going to take. Lived in a house with a bunch of dudes and our friend from AmeriCorps, who's from Ojai, California. And if you know anything about Ojai, that's kind of like rich hippies, right? Like privileged Mm -hmm. hippies, beautiful, expensive Whatever. So she comes through Humboldt with her boyfriend. They roll up in their SUV with a fucking loom, a <laughs> huge loom strapped to the ceiling, the roof. This giant, not a little tabletop loom, a huge loom. So first red flag, right? And we're like, whoa, loom. <laughs> this guy, we, we all hang out, we party, you know, we get drunk, we fall asleep. Uh, I wake up, I fall asleep on the couch. I wake up to this guy. It's like seven in the morning, like daybreak. Wakes me up. And he's like, I'm so sorry to bother you, but do you have a shovel I can borrow? I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm 21 years old. I do not own a shovel. I don't know. Thank, no, thank you for asking, but get the fuck out of here. I don't have a shovel. I'm hungover. It's 7 a.m. Good night. Get out of here. So then wake up a couple hours later, whatever. And he's like, oh, I was out on my morning run, you know, probably said something about communing with the sunrise or whatever. And I came across a dead cat and I scooped it up and I cradled it 
and I brought it back here. And I buried it under your blackberry bush in the backyard because the nutrients are just really going to help that bush thrive. And I just really wanted to honor this cat. (laughs) That's amazing. And I was like, first of all, if you live in Northern California, you know that blackberries are not just an adorable, charming bush. They are a full-blown problem. This this quote-unquote blackberry bush that he was referring to was a eight by 20 foot wall of screaming, raging. Scre- I mean, it's like, it's like, uh, oh, I found this. Can I feed this, um, k- this dog bone to your feral wolf? You know, I mean, it's like <laughs> the blackberry bush is fine. It does not need some roadkill cat. No. Under, you know, like what? All right, what? That's so funny. Oh my God. So that was the moment that I was like, I don't think that this life is for me. I've got to go seek another life. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that story before. I don't know what made me think of it <laughs> last night. <laughs> but it came oh, into God. my head and I and I kept remembering details. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Then he buried it under the black bush, <laughs> blackberry bush. <laughs> I was like, sir, you need to leave. You need to get oh, out of my so house. Funny. You and my darling friend, get get the fuck out of here. This is insane. I feel insane. That is hilarious. Go away. Learn about, learn about fucking get your, get your feet on the ground, plant them down there or not, whatever, but I can't abide. I cannot do this right now. No, I think it's a perfect place for a lot of people, you know, humble, the hippie, huge hippie. It took me one year to be like, uh, no, I can't do it. I can't It's intense. It. It's yeah, you have to be. Who I am. Yeah. You have to be ready for that. Right. And then. When I think yeah, between and, the two of us, I would definitely be the more like hippie leaning mm-hmm. one. If, right. If one of us was going to go that way and I just couldn't. No. Yeah. And I don't anyway. think he really counts. I don't think he would. I would call him like a hippie. I think I would call him an insane person. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Excellent point. <laughs> yes, I need to go breathe in the day. We I need to give to my dragon breath and <laughs> embrace the sun. And I'm finding cats oh, and br- like just to walk back to the backyard, which is like <laughs> it's like a portal to hell. It's just some blackberries. It's like a like Sleeping Beauty, you know, like those fucking thorns <laughs> entanglement. Yes. It was like that times yes. a billion. It was like, yes. please, somebody get rid of this. Get this out I of know. here. Like it's a, such a problem. And he's yeah. like, here you go. Here's some nourishment. <laughs> Oh God! Get, no, go. <laughs> no, I was helping our father. The, oh, just like oh, the, I don't know when elderberries come out. Mm-hmm. End of the summer, beginning of the summer, and I think it was the end. Uh, they have a bunch of land that they live on, and it's some of it's overgrown mm-hmm. and has elderberries on it. And I could see these elderberry plants in the middle of a blackberry bramble, but there was enough room where I was like, I can, I can manage. I can get back yep. there, and they were worth it because these they were beautiful oh, yeah. elderberries. And so <laughs> I got halfway through. I was like bleeding everywhere. And I realized that I was stuck uh-huh. and I was in pain and I was in the middle of these blackberries. I was like, I'm just going to have to die here. Yep. I just, there isn't any, there's no way out. You can't back up because yep. the brambles just get you harder. Yeah. And uh, so I just stood there and I was like, all right. This is how this I is, die. This is it. Like yeah. you're not, yeah, there's no in or out. No, absolutely no. not. No, the, I had but, to go make my eight-year-old go find like a cutter or something so I could cut the branches. Yep. It was it was really intense. Yep. So no, blackberry bushes, no. Nope. 
So no, no nutrients. They'll, no. They will trap you and make you die there for their gain. <laughs> it makes them stronger. <laughs> and every cut you get, a little blood goes into the earth. Oh, and they, God. Okay, yes. It rises up 20% more. So, yep, that's, let that yep. be a lesson to you. You've got to be a specific kind of person to live in Humboldt and commit to the lifestyle and also Blackberry. Blackberries are not your friends. Choops right. are not your friends. No. Nope. The police are not your friends. That no. is all we have to say for today. That's right. We love you so much. We, we could have love loved you, you more. so much. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.